try to say the same thing thousands of ways. Yeah, just trying to get it through. So, how many people weren't here last night? Oh, great. All right. So, after you start listening, you'll be happy you weren't here. <laughs> well, last night I get I did a little bit of the story, but I'll do it much much uh, briefer. You know. Uh, I really feel everyone is has a case of self-centeredness. I think it's like the stock version, yeah? And then to me, alcoholism is an amplification of self-centeredness. So when alcoholism uh, fixes to self-centeredness, it makes us an extreme version of self-centeredness. Uh, so like we were talking about last night, and it tends to not amplify everything. It doesn't amplify compassion, empathy. It you know, emphasizes or amplifies vindictiveness, you know, <laughs> you know <laughs> pettiness, holding grudges, all this stuff. It, it grows a lot of that. But the other stuff, it sort of doesn't. So it's a selective amplifier. And... But it has to have the self-centeredness to begin with. So most of us were in uh, a strong self-centeredness to begin with, yes? To me, so I feel the root of the problem is self-centeredness. And what I mean by self-centeredness, I believe we're in the act of being identified as something that we're not, yeah? So we're taking ourselves to be something that we're not, and then the, the alcoholism lives off of that. Yeah, and then it gets to the point where the alcoholism talks to us as us. I see it almost as a foreign pathogen or a parasitical movement. And why I see it that way is because if you're in the act of being identified, the best way to point it out to someone would picture that which you identified as as other. Yeah, if you could see it as not you, the possibility of being free from it becomes available. If you keep calling it you, you're wishing to be free as it, which is another form of bondage to it. Yeah. So the alcoholism needs that self-centeredness. And so we can get some relief from alcoholism, and it doesn't mean we get relief from self-centeredness. Yeah. And one of the main aspects of self-centeredness is being the doer, the thinker, the feeler, the haver. Yeah, and if you listen to the language that's playing in our heads, the English language, it implies we have a lot to do with a lot of shit we have nothing to do with. Yeah? It does. I mean, I was in the water surfing about six years ago, five years ago, and my, not even my, see, this is the word my, it's, it denotes ownership. So the knee, the left knee went out in the water, and then um, I had to go to the hospital and everything like that. So when I would tell people what happened, I said, I hurt my knee in the water. It sounded like I went out there with a hammer and fucking hit my knee. But no, I became aware the knee went out because I'm not two levels below a coconut. You know, you're con you're, you're, there's a certain sentience or conscious, uh, cognizance here. So I noticed something, but when I reported it to everyone, it sounded like I did it in a weird way. Yeah? I hurt my knee. What the fuck? Why did I hurt my knee? And I'm a knee herder or something. You know, so there's this, this 
constant referring to us as the doer and the haver of things is very, very strong, even to the point when we've lived an active life of addiction and alcoholism, and we get introduced to the first step of the 12-step program, that we were powerless over it, yeah? So to me, being powerless over something is like dancing with a gorilla. You're going to stop when the gorilla wants to stop, yeah? You don't have much say in what happens, yes? Powerless means something you don't have any power to change the outcome of stuff. So when we're taken over by alcoholism, we're powerless. So basically, we're, almost apt, we're apt to do almost anything yeah, while we're on the influence. And if you've been under the influence to that level of a real addict or real alcoholic, you know there was, there was no volition. You weren't sitting there choosing, oh, I'm going to do this and then end up in jail and then get beat up. No, you were thinking like it was going to work out or somehow you would get over, you know, get over on something. But so the idea that we still don't even get the real sense of that statement powerless because powerlessness should leave us, let us off the hook of guilt and shame based on a lot of the behaviors that were exhibited through us when we were under the influence. Yet... We go into recovery in all of its openness and possibility, yet we still are harvesting guilt and shame from those behaviors that we did under the influence. We still believe in the system itself that we did it. Yeah? And so we're not getting the relief that's possible yet. We're not, because the alcoholism is not the original disease. The original disease is self-centeredness. Yeah? The alcoholism amplifies the disease because you'll see a lot of the rudimentary aspects of self-centeredness do not go away when you have recovery from alcoholism. Yeah? They don't. So there's still that ownership of shit that you don't or don't need to and aren't the owner of. When I went out there, when I was on a run, unless you could physically stop me, I would have done anything to you. That was the key. So there, and that was a large swath of many years. And yet the head goes there all the time, not now, thank God, but used to go there all the time, had its little fucking shame and guilt plot, grew it, watered it, fucking had shit from 40 years ago. Yeah? 40 years ago. And then I started to see, let's say there's a miracle today in my life. I forget it in about an hour. But I have a resentment for 40 years I've been cooking up. There's something off. There's, it's not like a, a, a balanced playing field. We're on, there's a big bias, yeah? And we're, and we're swimming upstream, mostly. And the thing is, your voice can fool you for, for hundreds and hundreds of fucking times or years. But if you heard it as a voice, you may have immunity to it. But the problem is the alcoholism talks to us and it sounds like us. Yeah, that's why that you know the hostility of this thing. You know it. When this parasite takes you over, it's a fucking hostile takeover. It's not hospitable to the host. Yeah, it really isn't. Yet, so how, why aren't we recognizing it as something other so that the possibility of being free from it could be available. Like if a big bug came in this room, <laughs> not on two legs, but a big bug, you know, a big bug with fangs and everything, came in and landed on my arm, and then I would see it, I'd knock it right off. 
the 80th time, the first time, the 300th time. Yeah, I would knock the fucker off. It wouldn't be, oh, oh, great, nice to see you again. You know, yeah, suck me or whatever, you know? No, it would be like, get the fuck off, get the fuck off. But you can't get the fuck off if you're the get the fuck off. Yeah, you can't, it doesn't work. So the parasite, for its opportunity to live through the host, it has to convince the host that the host is the parasite. And that's what it's done. We're living for it. And the freedom is from it. Yeah. From, like, shh. So where it says in AA, there's a statement. And I, don't, I believe the big book of AA was a download. And so I don't even know what Bill, maybe Bill didn't even know what he was fucking saying. But it's open, the principles aren't open to interpretation, but a lot of the pointings are. And so he said this thing of, uh, well, first we went over it last night, the idea that we manufacture our own misery. I don't believe that. I believe we're the facilities that something, if it takes over the factory, manufactures mis misery through. I also believe that same manufacturing plant that we are can manufacture a lot of products like joy, service, empathy, you know, companionship, a lot of things. Yeah? If you just got rid of who's running the factory, you'd be producing different things. Yeah? So this idea of we manufacture our own misery, I think, roots back into the self-centeredness. That you're, once again, then you start fucking blaming yourself for being a manufacturer of misery. Yeah? What, it's like piling on constantly. And when it says, um, we have to quit playing God, it doesn't work. And maybe we're missing something because then we move to the third step. And then sometimes the third step seems like a transactional deal. Mm -hmm. All right, I'm going to sur surrender shit, but if I think it's important enough, I'm taking it back. Yeah? So a lot of people, they surrender and then they take it back. This is all made up. Surrender, take it back, only to get their asses kicked to finally surrender. Take it back. You may not have another option. You, one time you may take it back and then you're left with the fucking thing. Yeah? So I, to me, my feeling is he is trying to tell us that that which is playing God is listening to the message, quit playing God. So the head is playing God, and then it hears, you have to quit playing God. So then the head tries to quit playing God, yeah, which is playing God. And it's captured in the statement in our community, self can't get out of self. It's exi meaning the exact same thing. yeah. So that which is playing God can't quit playing God. That would be playing God ad infinitum. So how is one going to get out? You have to see you're not in. You have to question the assumed fact. Am I the thinker of these thoughts? Am I the doer of all the actions? Or do actions get compelled in me and then they're acted out? Yeah? Am I an ex an, just an expression of the parasite? Or can I express the higher power? Yeah? And so here it is. In this world, we're taking in tons of information all day, and then the selfing, the mental process, the parasite, is collating it and writing up a story. Yeah, That's what it does. That same information could be surrendered over to the higher power, and you'd get a whole new story. The same information. 
the same information of the day would be taken in and there would be a whole new meaning to it. Yeah? That's the option. Perhaps there's a better way. Trusting something infinite rather than finite self. How do we trust finite self? We're listening to the thoughts, basically. That's how we're trusting finite self. We fucking believe what it's saying. And we give it the power to affect us. That's unbelievable to me. It's freaking unbelievable. I'm giving the power that I am over to it to fuck with me. Yeah? And what happens if you come in this program? I have a nephew out now. You know, and he's been... Every phone call, I could have read the script. Yeah? He's yapping, yapping just to get to asking me for money. <laughs> just a little this, sort of, hi Uncle Paul, and then alright, let's just move right to the chase, <laughs> you know, how much money you want, and I've learned that if I lend him money, lend, it's giving money, you know, I'm keeping, I'm keeping track Uncle Paul, yeah, yeah, sure, right. you know, and then, <laughs> I could just, I could just write the script, I mean, we're thinking we're so unique. We're just a run-of-a-mill fucking addict alcoholic. I could write the rest of your life if you left this place. If you left this place, I could write the rest of your life. And I'd be pretty close to it. Maybe certain locations and nouns would be different, but the same shit would be done. Really? Yeah? If, you, if, you're the, if you're an addict of our type, you are fucked. <laughs> That's it. You're fucked. It says in a lot of the, when they're going into the, the steps in the beginning, the first few steps, it's saying being convinced, being convinced, being convinced. That's the requirement. There's got, for the patient, the patient has to be convinced of certain things like any life run on self-will will not be successful, yeah? Once you're convinced of that, you're primed for the solution. But if you don't understand the problem, you think you have a solution, yeah? You think you have a solution. And the problem that's happening now is a lot of people are coming to these programs not based on them, but their parents and shit. Other people want them sober. They don't want to fucking be sober, you know? And if, you, if they pay $30,000 to somebody, I'm sure you're going to let it go on. Instead of saying, get the fuck out of here. You know, because you want, the, you're in a business, you need that $30,000. So, oh, I, ha I was consulting, consulting. This guy got in touch with me. This is trippy. A, a headhunter from France. Like, who the hell is going to look for me as a corporate position? So I'm going, he says, I think I have a position for you. I said, unless it's prone, I don't want it. He says, you can, uh, this, these people are opening up a new rehabilitation center in Chiang Mai, Thailand. And... They want you to be the program director. <laughs> I said, what? I said, no, but I'll, can, I'll talk with them. Yeah? So I talked with them, and they were telling me, asking me, and I said, you got to emphasize service. And he, they said, oh, you mean do we, we have to tailor the service around the cl clients? No, fucking put the clients into the service. Yeah? 
Don't tailor anything for the fucking client. Put them into the service. Take them to a soup kitchen. Yeah. Oh, but what? Fuck it. Take them to a soup kitchen. What do you take them to the Ritz Carlton and so you pass the salt? No, I'm serving. You know? No. Why would you want a baby? The fucking parasite. Just like when I'm talking to my nephew, I haven't talked to him in about the last five phone calls. I've been talking to the parasite. Simple as that. He's not there for all intents and purposes. So here, this program, for me, I can't, what needs to be done to this as the action figure can't happen in two days. I need a way of life. I need a way of life that has principles. I also need a way of life that has a lot of meetings. Yeah? So you see, a church in Dover may have one meeting a week. We have 500 meetings a week. We, AA understands the problem. It resides in the mind. It's agitation that begets more agitation. And we're living in a delusional state. We're seeing threats where there aren't. Yeah? We're holding grudges that may never even happen. Yeah? And most importantly, we don't see our role in anything. We just don't. We're fucking blind to it. We're constantly this, 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 and there's no solution there, none. The first big wave of recovery is finally seeing your role in it. And I remember when it happened with me. I did my first inventory without an understanding. I didn't see how the first column was connected to the fourth column. I didn't see my role in it. And then I was going to these guys' uh, seminar, Joe and Charlie, which I recommend their information on the internet. Joe and Charlie have both passed away, but they used to do a big, four, a big, big book study for four days. And uh, I was at an AA meeting, and two people in the meeting looked pretty bright. And then I asked them where, what happened, and they had been at this Joe and Charlie. And then I didn't hear about it for a couple months. And then another meeting, someone said, hey, we have Joe and Charlie sign-ups. And I ran right up there and grabbed one, and I signed up to go. And I went up to Sacramento. I didn't know anyone there, but there was like 600 people very enthusiastic about recovery. Enthusiastic, yes? <laughs> I mean, they were excited. You know, the willingness was there, and they were just gobbling it up. And I went there, and on Saturday morning, they got to the fourth step. And, you know, the book isn't, you know, geometry, algebra. It seems simple, but I had, did, did, had no idea, you know, why Wendy left me and what was my role in it, you know? I thought I was a victim. And then they just explained it, and I got it, yeah? And this is the beauty of recovery, when you start getting it, yeah? I got it. I ran back to my room, and I did a fourth step very clearly, and I could see this, and I could see this. And actually... You could have went this way, really. You could, you could move the fourth column to the first column and then just have what plays out from the first column. And you're always going to see that you made a decision based on self. It says it right in the book. It's beautiful. We, people step on our toes without provocation, but we invariably find, meaning you always find, if you look at it, that you and I have made a decision based on self, and I'm talking about self as a foreign fucking thing. We made a decision based on self that later put us, put us in a position to be hurt. Everything, every situation, you can see it that way. So the fourth column is really the first column. Yeah, But we don't see the parasite. We don't see the parasite doing its shit. 
We have to see the parasite by seeing it doing its shit, seeing the shit, yeah? The shit leads us to the dog. We don't see the dog. So at first, we got to be managing a lot of shit. And we, you know, we have, I should tell the story. We have an old, I'm leading on to an old story, which I didn't even know I was. It was just a pooper scooper story. Because I was giving these workshops for years in San Francisco on the fourth step, and you're just trying to trigger an imagery in someone. Yeah? You're trying to let the mind, not get the words, but the words... Uh, solicits an image because the mind works in imagery or pictures much more than words yeah so here's a guy who has a beautiful house and he's got this huge lawn in the back great and he rents it out for weddings and he has like lawn bowling tournaments <laughs> every morning he jumps off the porch with no shoes and runs around in the morning dew and he loves it and then one day he does the same thing like he always does bright and early Oh, and jumps in and he lands on some shit, yeah? And so it's all over his feet. So the first, the first fitting itself around this problem, he has to wear shoes now. So now he puts on some shoes and he's walking around his property and it stinks to high heaven. There's shit everywhere, every kind of shit everywhere. He says, what the fuck? You know, so then he says, I'm just going to avoid this. Goes back into the house, closes the door, goes back out and there's more shit. Yeah. So now he just says, fuck it closes the door and just starts buying pictures of lawns and puts it up there. And he's reminiscing, he's bitching about it wherever he goes. And then he finds a lot of people having the same dilemma. So they have a meeting. Hey, Bill, you should go to this meeting. And they bitch about, oh, I had a lawn. It was great. I thought I was going to get married there. Now it fucking stinks to high heaven. I can't pick the shit up fast enough. And so some guy comes in and says, listen, I got a great pooper scooper. Yeah? And if you get good enough and fast enough, you'll have like a two by six feet piece of ground, at least for a few hours. Yeah? All right. It seems like the only possibility there is. So you start pooper scooping. And then you realize you can do double with two and you get two and then the people around start finding out about you so that you become a circuit speaker and you go into places and talking about oh yes you know you can pick up so much shit so quickly the shit keeps on coming but we can pick it up almost as fast as it keeps coming you know what I mean and so now the guy starts having he starts selling autograph pooper he's a big circuit speaker has a little like overall with his name on it you know Sam the scoop or whatever. <laughs> Who knows? Writes a book or two about it. So finally, a guy comes over and says, Hey, I heard you have a problem. He says, No, I got it managed. You know, I got it unsolved. I'm a big fucking speaker. I got a, book, a new book coming out. I got 500 pooper scoopers in the garage. And the guy goes, Okay. And as he's leaving, he goes, Find the dog. What? Now, you would think the guy would go rushing to that solution, but he's, there's an investment now in the shit. Yeah, his whole identity is based on shit. Yeah, so he doesn't see the solution. He wants to stick with his little. Oh, I can, I'm a pretty good manager of it. You know, so you would think you would run. You would think somebody in recovery or entering in here with that hostile takeover would be open and fucking interested in the talks. Yes, you would. You would think, but it's amazing if this was like a physical disease, which it isn't. It expresses, they would be lined up. If somebody who had cancer said, all you got to do, day at a time, go to meetings, help some other people, there'd be fucking thousands of people doing it to save their fucking physical ass. 
but we don't, it is not a physical disease. It's a disease that tells you you don't have a disease. Yes? It talks to you as you. The problem resides in the mind. The thought system that you're listening to as like a GPS isn't going to take to take you to the destinations you want to go to. It isn't. I remember when I used to go out, I just wanted to have some fun. I'll go back to the pooper scoopers. <laughs> just wanted to have some fun. So I'd go out, go have a couple of beers, everything going pretty well. Cop some coke, shoot some pool, everything's going good. I want to meet a girl. Let's go to the club. Start going to the club and I get arrested. Yeah? Now that wasn't in my plan. So I go to jail, I get out the next morning, and then I, the next day I do the same fucking thing, expecting different results. We're listening to a failed GPS. Its maps are from like 1970, yes? And it sounds just like you, so it says, you know, this, I did a talk in, in rural Massachusetts. We got there late. We're gonna stay at this farmhouse and then there was a big commotion at this railroad crossing and there was the police and everything so we rolled down the window we officer what's happening and the guy says some lady was listening to her gps she drove onto the railroad tracks and she and kept going for 15 yards the faith in the gps was su sufficient to override the boom, boom, boom. <laughs> and they say you're 500 feet to your destination <laughs> Same things happening up here. We're listening to this thing. How am I in fucking milestone? <laughs> I didn't think I'd meet my wife here. No, that's, that's happening. So, but there's, it's almost like a zealous, it's like a religious fervor. Listen to the fucking thing. Because the only reason why you're listening to it, it's presented as you and about you. I'm serious because I've heard it as something other than me and you'll have an immunity to it. It'll build maybe up slowly or quickly, but an immunity will build. And therefore, you won't be directed by thought. You'll be directed by the pause that's before all thoughts. Not as an infrequent visitor to the pause, but as a reliable place to rest in. Yeah, the pause. The pause that's there, a huge, huge space before that knee-jerk reaction can take effect, yeah? It doesn't matter the thoughts that are going through your head, it's when they produce an action. That's where you're gonna be tattooed by, yeah? If that thought gets a chance to express, it's gonna to wanna to express more, and then it's using you as transportation. So back to the fucking pooper scooper. If you just see the, if you get the dog and get rid of the dog, there won't be no need for fucking picking up shit, but if you think you're the dog, you can't imagine getting rid of it. So you're destined, the highest level of destiny is to manage, manage the shit, or now they're entering, all this introducing of harm reduction. Incredible capitulation. I'm not saying it's not necessary, but it's a capitulation to the parasite that we know we're fucking beat, so we're just going to try at least make it not so bad. Jesus Christ, it's unbelievable. Only because the, the act of being identified is so stubborn. If you could see the real problem, there would be a real solution to it. Yeah? You could have, you could, like it's described in page 84, I think, the problem will not exist for you. Yeah, that's incredible, isn't it? 
If you even live just a year or two, I lived tons and lots of years under that tyranny. For, to, for it to not even exist for you for a day is mind-boggling. That's worthy of the term solution. Yeah. So it says, you know, you'll cease fighting everyone and everything. You'll be placed in a position of neutrality with no thought or effort on your part. Yeah. That's the miracle of it. Well, how the fuck is it working? Yeah. And I'm saying, I'm saying that fleeting experience of the problem doesn't exist for you can stabilize if you see the problem doesn't exist as you. Yeah? As you. For you would be something's happening and maybe it won't happen. But as you, you're fucking locked into the problem. If you could have a solution about that, then you would have a lot more days where the problem doesn't exist for you. Yeah? And that's a damn good solution. And that's attractive. And it doesn't demand vigilance. How... If the, ma if, the con if the daily reprieve is contingent on the maintenance of a spiritual condition, if you saw that you are a spiritual condition, wouldn't it be, that be the highest form of maintenance? Just being what you are would be the maintenance. Yeah? But we're not seeing ourselves as spirit. We're seeing ourselves as a brain body, as a doer, as a thinker, as a feeler. Yeah? From that, it's very, very difficult to turn that into spirit. It's impossible, really. So basically, you do a lot of fucking maintenance, and the payoff cost ratio isn't that high. So you go on a three-month retreat, you feel really good for two and a half days. <laughs> Wait a minute. You know, what the fuck's going on? So basically, you're fighting a losing battle because the stubbornness of the identification overrides all the spiritual fucking application. It does. Yeah. But what would happen if you saw that you're not that? Yeah? You'd find out that you're spirit. And then the higher power, instead of being a higher power of my own understanding, maybe it would be a higher power of its own understanding. Who wants a higher power of your own understanding? <laughs> you get a date, parking at the meeting. You know what I mean? Shoot high, get a date. <laughs> It's, it's working for me. Yeah. Man. The pro recovery progresses. So there you are. And it says, actually, it says in the beginning that you have an understanding of your own. But as you move forward, obviously it's going to change. Because you're going to be introduced to the higher power. And it's not going to be under your sway. You're going to realize you're under its sway. So it's going to evolve into a higher power of its own understanding, and that's revelatory, yeah? That's living large. Because like we said last night, when in San Francisco AA, when you came in, they'd ask you to write down, some sponsors, they'd ask you to write down what you'd want in a year of sobriety. And then if you stayed there, they'd bring it out, and you'd see how you'd shortchange yourself <laughs> completely. You, you just, you gave yourself a little pit of the pie when the whole pie was offered. Yeah? Fuck. So the pooper scooper, the dilemma is we're taking ourselves to be the disease so we can't entertain being free from it. We can only entertain freedom as it, for it, with it, by it. That's not freedom. This parasite is not going to become a service dog. 
It's not, it's not going to become your little pet. It's got a drive. It wants life. And you are the offering of it. It wants to act out. And it likes to know. And, the li and if you look at our society, look at where we always end up. Those three similar parking spaces. Thousands of us different, different places, different locations. But we usually end up parking at institution jails and death. I throw hospitals in there too. Yes? All these different cars, if they all end up in the same place, they must have the same driver. Yeah? There's one parasite running all of us. Yeah? And it shields it being noticed by the identification. When it enters any part of your life, you call it me when you meet it. You actually, you catch the thief quite a lot, but you call it me. You catch the parasite quite a lot during the day, but you call it you. Then it has caught Blanche. This happened with me in the program of AA. Yeah? And then I saw the problem from the solution, and then these descriptions that they shared of observing the effects of the solution, I had an intimate experience of it. I had the intimate experience of being placed in a position of neutrality. Yeah? I had ceased fighting a lot of fucking shit. Yeah? The problem didn't exist for me. I've never had a strong thought or a feeling about getting loaded for 31 years. Yeah? I don't have to be vigilant about it because what I did, which I hope you are going to do, in the first year, knowing the problem resides in the mind, I don't want my sobriety to have my thought system involved yeah so i take the suggestions and those actions that they suggest if i do them sufficiently enough they turn into habits which are actions without thought i want my sobriety based on actions without thought if the thought if the actions based on thought i probably won't do what i need to do yeah so you get the habits in place that's your foundation, and everyone who's been here who has a long amount of time knows it was all built the first year. The first year is the foundation, and then the house has many, many rooms with the solid foundation. Yes? And the way you may feel sobriety is now isn't going to be the way it is as you grow in sobriety, or actually sobriety grows in you. Yes? And a lot of times I go to meetings and I just hear... You know, it's good to hear what happens after you follow suggestions for years. Not just follow suggestions. All right, I did. Now let's describe what happens if you follow suggestions. The, follow, the suggestions are sound. Your life now gets based on principle. Principle, yes? Not on circumstances and situations. And now this action figure that was demanding so much attention because it was running into fucking things, getting arrested, going to court, laying 10 months in a hospital bed, it's like a cow out to pasture. It's not fucking doing anything anymore. Not burning down houses. I'm not thinking, where's the fucking money in the donation box? I don't give a shit about a lot of shit. Yeah? I don't need to be observant, observed at all. I mean, if I was living in a place where you observe you, they would have given up for 20 years. There's nothing new. Yeah? But in there, in that, there's so much fucking freedom. Freedom from the bondage of self. I'm not... I do not start at thought. I start at pause. I'm not having a spiritual condition. I am a spiritual condition. 
And it's a possibility for all of us. We've had days with it. We've had hours with it. Yeah. What happens? The strongness of the stubbornness of the delusion arises again, and it convinces us that we forgot. But you cannot forget what you are. You can't forget what you are. You can forget and remember what you're not all fucking day. But what you are is you're being what you are. That which you are is seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching right now. And have you demonstrated any thought or effort to see, hear, feel, taste, and touch today? When you had that apple pie, did you have to try, let me taste, ah, ah, you know, was it an effort? I'm going to get the most out of the, ah, you know, or seeing, 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 hearing, ah, hearing. No, basically, the idea that it was you hearing comes after the hearing. Hearing is first, seeing is first. Touching is first, smelling is first, and then the mental state arises, it arises, it's not there. It arises and says, oh, I'm the seer, I'm the hearer, I'm the feeler, I'm the taster, I'm the one who's conscious, I'm this, and he fucking they just lays its foundation, which is made of fucking sand, and then everything gets built on there, and you live in complete anxiety that anything can fuck it up. <laughs> you live in self-centered fear all day even if it's not really like inflamed it's there all fucking day and so what it says in the big book it says what's the cause it says why are you with so much why are you in so much fear today isn't it because self-reliance has failed you so the cause of fear in AA's view is self-reliance fear is not the cause of all causes it's an effect of self-reliance. If you lose interest in self and then conversely gain interest in that, yes, you're going to outgrow fear because you grew into it. You're going to outgrow it, yes? And most of it is not even fear, it's mental anxiety. The mental state's making shit out of nothing and, and it's producing effects. So next week, there is no next week here today. It's not leaking, you know, through the door. Fuck, it's Thursday. You know, oh, there's one Monday. No, this is just whatever it is, Saturday. Yeah? But we can entertain thoughts about next week and produce an effect now based on what's not happening. You don't see that as a miraculous power that's being misused? Seriously, you don't? You don't see that most of our calamity is based on what's not happening. We're, we're being driven by next week or last week. No Labrador is fucking doing that tonight. No Labrador is, will I be playing catch next week? Is he going to take me to the beach? Oh, I, no, it's just fucking a Labrador. It doesn't have any question what it is. It's farting, kissing asses, you know, fucking wanting food all day. It knows it's got a good stick. Convince the fucking human that I love it. It'll give me, it'll, clean, it'll pick up my shit for me. It knows exactly how manipulative we can, we can be. It can manipulate us like crazy. Oh, okay, let's go out for a walk at one in the morning. Yes, yes. This thing needs good orderly direction. 
we need to turn our faculties, our facility that's been manufacturing a lot of misery over to another employee or employer, to a higher power, as it says. We have a new employer being all powerful. It's going to take care of us if we perform its works well, which is service, and stay close to it. And you can't be far from everywhere. Yeah? So you only have one requirement. Be available to others occasionally. Fucking, oh, oh that's wasting too much. <laughs> too much. Oh, man, you're putting a big burden on me. Oh, that's the deal. So now you have this new employer. What happens? You'll find out. Yeah? You'll find out now that it's under its its own understanding, it's going to reveal quite a lot. And it says in a book, why don't we... Do you feel this? Because this is the truth. And on on a, a vision for us, it goes like this. It goes, this blows me away. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will continually disco, disclose more to you and to us. Continually, like now. Yeah. What can it reveal? Peace. Serenity. A satisfaction not based on circumstances and situations. Yes? Wisdom. Intuitively knowing what to do when you didn't know what to do. There's so much that can be manufactured through this facility. Instead of being a rav ravenous fucking parasite. Yeah? And you're never going to get fulfilled. What addiction ever becomes satiated? What cocaine user did you ever see saying, Oh, Shri Cocaine, thank you. Thank you. I'm going to give all my cocaine to others. I have, I have, I have reached, reached cocaine nirvana. No, yes, I want fucking more cocaine. Because we're not getting out of the real addiction. And it's the mental state's addiction to self. That's the addiction that causes the drive to get relief from it, but all the drives to get relief from it are claimed to be as it, and so the addiction continues. So none of our solutions fucking work, because it's, we're missing the target. Cocaine is not going to do it. Nothing is. Food, sex, nothing. There's got to be a change, yes? And the cocaine cannot produce the change. See the original disease. See where it's centered in the mind, and let's make it specific in the thought system. It's not, oh, in the mind. What the fuck is that? <laughs> you want to see the, at, the slavery as an activity. You've got to catch it. If you see it, you won't be looking from it. If you see the disease, that's giving you an idea, I'm actually not in the disease right now, because I'm seeing it, yeah? If you see the parasite, it's not on you. Fucking make haste there. Make haste. A lot of information will download when, you're re when you see it as other than you. A lot of it. And then what happened with me, it was as clear as that day. There's a sentence in the big book when we were leading workshops on the fourth step. You always used it. It's page 64, and it's right before the nuts and bolts, and it says, being convinced, which means to believe with certainty, when, now, yeah, where, here, yeah? So being convinced, that self, that self, 
that self manifests. So self is something other here, right? Being convinced that self manifested in various ways has defeated us. They're different, yeah? They're different. If it was us that defeated us, it would have said it. It would have said, being convinced that Paul, Mary, and every fucking alcoholic's name defeated Paul, Mary, and every other alcoholic's name. It doesn't say that. This idea, self, manifesting in various ways, so by the shit, we will know thee. <laughs> we can't see self because we're identified as it, yes? You can't see it because you call it you. But you can maybe get a hit of it by its manifestations. That's why we do an inventory on its manifestations, so that we can see how self-defeated us. We can't see how self-defeated us. From here, we've got to see it through the shit. Yeah. All right, so self manifests in various ways. Well, what has defeated us? If you're convinced of that, we are now going to look at its common manifestations. So the first, next paragraph is resentment. <clears throat> then they go to fear. Then they go to harms done to others. And we look at the sexual arena. Yes, those are the common manifestations of what? Of Paul? No, of self. Let's vaguely call this life it's manifesting Paul. But it's not Paul manifesting. It's self manifesting through Paul. Yeah? And by manifesting through Paul, it's defeating Paul. And how can you see Paul in the act of being defeated? Paul calls the manifestations of self his own. So now resentments are my resentments when they're not. They're self. Self has shifted my perception where I see threats where there aren't any. Yeah? Self is manifesting the resentment, the fear, that anxiety constantly, and the harm done to others in pursuit of what you want. Yeah? It's self motivating it all. Why the hell are we claiming the manifestations of self? To me, that's the act of being bonded to self. The bondage of self is this act. We can't recognize its manifestations. We keep calling them ours. And it's, a way, it's amazing where people, when they do a thorough inventory of resentment, they're surprised when resentments come back. But the source of the resentment's in, right in place. The self. Of course it's going to manifest the same shit. Yeah? So now you look at a life, of, a life full of fucking resentments. No matter how many inventories, I still keep getting resentments. Or having resentments, yeah? So now we're in harm reduction, really. But the possibility isn't harm reduction. The possibility is seeing that which I'm calling mine, not mine. And then the manifestations will lead to self. And when you're led to self, all you'll find there is you. There is no self. It's us, men, us entertaining the idea of being a something. Nothing else could. Nothing, what's happening is the only thing that can produce an effect out of what's not happening. We are what's happening. We are being. We are spirit now. Always now. Never not now. But we're taking ourselves to be this. And this is defeating us by that opening by that possibility, through identification, it keeps manifesting into our life and we get defeated by them. There is a solution. There's a solution to this. 
So now, when the resentment occurs, you won't call it yours. And you know what? You'll find that it goes much faster. Yeah? You will see that it isn't fear that you're under. You're under mental anxiety. You know, I haven't had a... We had a... Yeah, I had a fear of a big bus that I fucking cut off in New York City today. The guy gave me the longest horn fuck you for like, like 30 seconds. I pulled a maneuver. I had a fear about that. That was valid at the moment. But then when I get back and I go, the head's going over it, that's mental anxiety. The head's, the head's manufacturing it. It's manifesting it. Yeah? It's manifesting it. And we keep, and every product it's making... When it, when it comes out like the little teapot made in Paul, made in Paul, made in Paul, we own all the fucking things. Yeah, no, made through Paul, but not by Paul. Let yourself off the fucking hook. All the shit that you think you did that was so fucked up, you didn't actually do it. You were under the influence of self, and self never gets called to court. Never. Self will not lay with you in the fucking hospital bed. It'll hover over you like it did me and point out what a fucking stupid fool you were to get run over by that car. That's what it does. It piles on constantly. Piles on. Tells you to jump through 80 hoops, and after the 80th hoop, it changes the course. Nah, I don't think so. It's going to be a water obstacle now. It just fucking makes it up. And then why do we get out of it? Oh, please let me enjoy the movie tonight. Fuck, give me a break. Really. I mean, it's like a slave. We're a slave to these thoughts. There is a solution. If you get to the exact nature of the wrong, there's a possibility of getting some more long-lasting relief. Yeah? Do we all, like, I went to a, let's say you go to a three-month rehab, yes? You don't want 30 years of sobriety three-month rehab every four, you know, every three months of every year. I mean, 12 months of every year. You just, you don't stay in a rehab for 30 years usually, Yeah? It progresses, hopefully. Yeah, that's what they told me in this place I was in, Delancey Street. Delancey Street was uh, uh, it was sort of you ever hear a synonym? It was a very weird type of rehab. You had to stay there, stay there for two years, and they used attack therapy like three times a week. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday, they bust us to a place, and then you just yell at each other from 7.30 to 10.30. And then when they brought you back to the facility, they give you tons of fucking sugar. <laughs> That's what they did, really. I could, could not make it. How is this helping anyone? <laughs> you know? But Delancey Street used to put out some really nice brochures, and they would claim they had a 90-something percent success rate in keeping people sober. But you had to read the fine print. You could never leave Delancey Because <laughs> I saw from the vice president down people leaving Delancey Street, and they all came to AA. All of them. Yeah. I saw every one of them fucking walk through the door of the AA. Most of them didn't stay, but I saw them. There's the vice president. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to the solution. <laughs> I spent two years there. They didn't even like AA. They didn't even tell me about it, nothing. I left there, and I was out in a week. Mm -hmm. Went on a 10-month run, 
thank God I washed up on the shores of AA. Really, I got struck sober, and then AA appeared the next day so I could stay sober, really. And that's what AA's done. AA didn't get me sober, it allows me to stay sober. And I don't think the program is about stopping drinking, I think it's not starting, really. The whole program is about the space of not starting drinking and using. Yeah, and it's so beautiful in there. Because there's a lot of freedom in that in that area. You're like a free-range alcoholic. You don't, <laughs> you don't live in fear of drinking and using. You don't live in a lot of anxiety. Yeah, you never get gypped. You're at it in every moment. You have you don't believe that you can be out of a moment. So therefore, there's no drive to get into the moment. And you don't believe you're in self, so there's no drive to get out of self. To tell you the truth. It may not look like that in the beginning, but it ends up there. There'll be no drive to get out of what you're not in. There won't. The, the utter clarity of it will formulate over you over time. You will see blue is blue and red is red. Clarity will, will return, so to speak. Yeah? You'll see what you're not, and you'll be what you are, really. And then hopefully, and it will be put to use. You know, and my idea of service is, you know, if you've experienced service, when you're in service, you feel available, yeah? You feel bigger, it gives you, I did, every time. And I tell you, man, it was the, it was the most successful uh, activity. I could have been in a real heavy story and after, in 10 minutes at a detox, it would be gone. If the power of service, it can take us out of that orbit, that self-centered orbit, yeah? And once you realize there's a way out and you start frequenting it, it, it blows the whole story of the container, yeah? So you get pulled out. That's why I like going to meetings. I go to four or five meetings a week where I live, noon meetings, because I listen to other people. It pulls the attention out of the orbit, yeah? Pay attention. I don't give a shit what they're saying or anything. <laughs> I'm feeling this, this tradition too, this loving presence. I'm feeling it. And I'll tell you, there's been, there's been no behaviors that I've done so much that have been so successful than just going to meetings. I mean, what an incredible oasis offered to us, really. I, I mean, to me, a meeting is a manipulated pause. So maybe the head's building up a story, and then you go to a meeting, and it gets derailed. And then the day can go another way. If you were with by yourself, it would have built, laid more track, and there you go. Yeah? I mean, it's, so, it's unbelievable. Can you imagine that thing being so intensely influential in your life, not existing for you? I mean, it's like getting a second childhood, but actually being awake to really, really enjoy it. Yeah? Yeah. And like I said, you never get chipped. You're always here, sleeping, dreaming, here. You never, yeah, I never think about, oh, I wish I was doing something else. Unless I come to Dover. Then I, <laughs> I never think about, I want to get out of New Jersey, unless I'm in New Jersey. In California, I'm never thinking, I want to get out of Dover. But as soon as I get out of here, I want to get out of Dover. <laughs> so... I don't know, I hope, uh, yeah, just come back tomorrow if you like, and we'll just keep entertaining these guys. And you know, the words are not it. You can feel something, yes, in the room, that's the message. The message is, there's enough people in this room sitting in the certainty of the solution, it affects everyone in the room, yeah. 
It's how everything gets passed on. And if you look at AA, it's one of the most beautiful systems because you need to hear the message. I need to carry the message. I need to hear the message. You need to carry the message. It's very symbiotic, and it's just like electromagnetism. It just keeps recreating itself. Beautiful. It's incredibly beautiful. Yeah? And uh, we're in good hands. And you know what? This could be your last visit to this lovely place. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not like getting left back in school like 85 fucking times. <laughs> you actually sooner or later move from first grade to second grade. You yeah, I think the program really progresses. Recovery progresses also, like the disease. And you'll be moved on. Yes, you'll get what you'll needed here, and then you'll be giving what you got to some other people out there. Yeah. You pass it on. The stuff comes through, and then you pass it on. Yeah, you have it by giving it away. What cocaine deal ever practiced that? <laughs> you have it by giving it away. No fucking way. <laughs> I'm not believing that one. No fucking way. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. If you have any questions, we can talk or whatever shares. Right. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Skip our call. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Uh, but I have a question in the amends process. You're going to make an amends to a person. You go, listen, I'm sorry I punched you in the mouth a year ago. But it wasn't me, it was this gorilla that I was dancing. <laughs> no, you don't you know, do that. I, I can't bring yeah. this gorilla into the room, but and you know, yeah, because yeah. it'll scare him. Yeah. You don't want to do more harm. But in my heart, do I blame the gorilla? Well, it's not blame you. It's it, you. You lay the accountability on that. We shared it last night. When, let's like, say, if I have a dog, and my dog shits on the neighbor's lawn, I'm accountable for that. I go and clean it up, but I'm not responsible. I didn't take the shit. So basically, after I clean it up, I forget it pretty fast. Yeah. But if I thought I took the shit, I may ruminate over it for fucking months. Why did I take a shit on the neighbor's lawn? I didn't. The dog took a shit. Yes. So that to me. But when I'm sharing it with other people, I don't say that unless they're happy, you know, there's, they're inclined to listen to it. I just make the amends. Yeah, and I'm not, say, I'm not saying I'm sorry. I'm declaring I'm, I'm, I'm intending not to do what I've done to them, to anyone else. Amend means to change. So I'm, a, I'm declaring that I'm open and willing for that behavior to change. Yeah, the sorry's, you know, so. And I always, when I used to do... Uh, I like a life where I don't have to make amends, <laughs> like most of the time now. But when I did them, I was taught to always mention that I'm in a program of recovery while I'm doing the amends. Yeah, yeah I had this one. I tell you, one of the, this happened with me. When I was out there using in San Francisco, I lived in an area called North Beach, and it's very bad parking. And there was a, a market, Rossi's Market, that I'd go in every day. And I had a long, one of those long, rain, like leather type things. And I would steal two 16-ounce beers and a flat steak or something. And then I'd walk out, you know. And that would be my calories, the food and the beer, until I could hopefully get drugs. So I did this for months, yeah. So when I got sober... Uh, you know, and I just conveniently forgot it and avoided it. When I got sober, I heard about a good meeting in North Beach, so I would want to go there on Thursday, and it would be a fucking bitch trying to find parking space. But I would never go down the street that Rossi's Market was on. 
Yeah. So one day I finally said, I'm going to go make the amends. So I went into the place, asked one of the cashiers. I said, where's the manager? He says, he's upstairs. I went upstairs. I told him, hey, I'm in a program recovery. I used to live here. I stole a lot of shit. Here's 55 bucks. I don't know. I just made up the thing. <laughs> and the guy goes, oh, sure. And, you know, and so then I walked out. And you know what? I never thought of Rossi's Market again. Mm-hmm. Our solution to this shit, to the past, is fucking giving up a lot of fucking storage. Yeah? We're storing a lot of shit. Yeah? And the windows aren't open. Yeah? It's just, it's just like dead energy. This is what AA does. AA is a reclamation of the life that we've auctioned off by the solutions we followed. My idea of if my right arm was bleeding, I would just look left all day. I just avoided fucking everything. Yes? And I thought I could outrun. And I thought I was quite successful, you know, running from people who I owed amends to. And when I got into AA, they'd find me. And I remember I'd see them on the street and I'd try to put on the gas and then AA would come up and I'd pull over, hey, I owe you 50 bucks for that, fo- you know, that phone bill. And, you know, just <laughs> saw a guy cross the street, cross the thing from, at a concert. And actually, I thought he saw me and he kicked my ass. So I decided I'll make the amends. I went down after the show, here's money, you know, so like that. So a lot of the amends found me. But that was the most freeing step for me. And what does it tell you? You're ho- held hostage by the past. How can you be here now if all your attention and interest is securing the past and keeping it at bay? You're not so, you're, that's why you'll do almost anything now because you're not in now in a way. You are, but you're occupied. The parasite is the god of yesterday and tomorrow. It is. The parasite lives in the past and the future and it drags us into the past and the future. The God is a present tense verb. There's no God in the past or the future other than your head. The God is a present tense verb. It's ising right now. Yeah? Yeah. This is where the freedom lies now, here, and now. Yeah. So, any other, anything? What? What? Yes. Yes. Oh, boy. One thing that confuses me a little bit is, uh, you know, that reference to vertically you find that sometimes the past you make decisions based on self, which way it places in the position yeah. of the earth. Yeah. How can you tell whether the decision you're making is based in self or it's actually coming from me? How do you differentiate? Oh, in time. In time, you will. Once you see the options, you'll be able to have discrimination. If everything's claimed to be you, there's no discrimination. But it's sort of like if you were a satellite dish and you were picking up one station, yeah, and then another station, and then you could compare the two and see the difference. Yeah, you would feel differently. Yeah, yes. It just takes time. You got to get used to the rewiring, so to speak. And of course, we make mistakes thinking this is God's will when it isn't. But those mistakes can be corrected. They don't mean you, that's it, you know? They get corrected and you fucking learn. And then we're not two levels below a coconut, you know? We We can sense something and you can sense, hey, this feels like a vertical insertion. The other is just a horizontal fucking story over and over again. Yeah, I can tell the difference between the downloads. Yeah? Yeah. And a lot of times, it's like the instrument. We were talking about it today. 
a kid plays a sax and John Coltrane plays a sax, it's quite different, yeah? We're an instrument of expression. We're not a cause. We're taken over all day by things. We're taken over by love sometimes. We're taken over by jealousy. We're taken over by hate. We're taken over by boredom. A lot of shit's moving through all the time, yeah? The thing is, we're having, we have an option. We have been in a deep faith in a finite idea, self. And we're moving, the, we're not, we're being moved by the program to leave that failed system to it, trusting something infinite. That's all that's happening here. And while it's working, honor the demonstrations. When something is worked out, honor it. Yeah, don't let it just go forgotten because the head wants to willingly forget it. Yeah, honor it. Honor it, man. This was a big fucking deal and it worked out. I, mean, and I didn't really have much to do with it. Yeah, you've just seen how the solution works. Yes? Honor it. That's our job. We're not the cause of it, but we're an expression and we can observe its effects. Just like we can now see the manifestations of self, we can see the manifestations of what we call the higher power. And this is one little bone I want to pick, if you don't mind, yeah? <laughs> so I've been in the community for a long time. Okay, so a lot of us come into AA, we get it, right? And so a lot, now we recognize that God's doing for us what we can't do for ourselves, and then a gratitude comes up, and we're, there's humility, and you know, oh yes, I thank for the bountiful presence this has brought me, and it's very nice. We have the ability to respond to that power, knowing it is not us, in a sense, is this, and being grateful for its demonstrations. Why aren't we applying that to the previous God of alcoholism? Yeah? Like it says, this God is doing for us what we can't do for ourselves. That God had us doing shit we would have never done as ourselves. Yes? Why don't we give the same credit to the parasite instead of calling, claiming and, that we did it all? We're not claiming that we're doing all this. We're claiming God's doing it through us and through the program. Why not say, see what the alcoholism's done? The alcoholism did through us what we never would have done to ourselves. We have the ability to do it this way. We can have the ability to do it that way. But it's the act of being identified as the doer that we don't see it. We completely believe we did all that shit under the influence. But we don't believe now we're doing all this good shit. That's why most people I see, they're not, they don't have the relief of the powerlessness of the first step. The mental state is still claiming, I did all that shit. You didn't. Do you remember when you were out there, if you were, I don't know if there's probably no one like cocaine. <laughs> I was a devotee of cocaine. And when I would, and I thought I had it going on. I did, you know. Looked good, pretty good. Had my little black pants, black t-shirt, my little... Uh, retro jacket. We were called New Wave back then. Right, right between punk and then the fucking whatever came out. And we were like a little more sophisticated than the punks, yeah? And so we were doing coke and we would do it for like so long time. Like, you know, people go on retreats. Go on a 10-day cocaine retreat. It's the most revealing retreat you'll ever go on. Because you'll see the fucking beast. <laughs> because it'll be drilling out another asshole. Yeah, you'll see it. And you have to realize, uh, most of cocaine use isn't fun. 
It's that rush. It's the ringing the bell. But there's a lot of fucking pay. It's a lot of cost. Yeah. But here, so there I would be, you know, you're partying and everything's cool. Then it gets to be about the fourth or fifth, sixth day, and you're in someone's apartment. You probably won't have an apartment in another month. Like they have it that time, because you were in their state, but you, you've lost everything by now. So, and you're all shooting up in your little corners, and then suddenly you notice you don't have any coke. And then so your eyes start looking on the rug. And, <laughs> and the parasite has its little fucking binoculars, totally, totally, total distortion, and it's starting to see lint as possibly cocaine. <laughs> and then slowly, you know, not much thought, you get on your knees and you start rummaging around, and then the next person see and they get on their knees and then you want to build a little fence or, hey get away this is my area and you're fucking on a like an easter egg hunt for cocaine completely imagine there's no cocaine fucking accept the fact no and you'd end up shooting lint really. and i did this one time we heard this guy had opium and i liked opium and uh, so we drove to this three-day metalhead <laughs> concert in Oakland, and we're going to meet the guy at the pedestrian bridge. We meet him, we get the aluminum foil, it looks, you know, dark and tarry. So we go back to the house, the apartment, and me and my friend Cy shoot it up. And we're not feeling anything, but we're trying to coax ourselves. <laughs> I feel a little different. And then my girlfriend comes in and says, Man, it smells like incense in here. <laughs> what? We just shot incense. How can I be sure? We shoot it up again. <laughs> now, I would never have done that. Something did for me what I could not or would not do for myself in the negative side. I don't understand. We can get the positive so well. Why not apply it to the other? So you'll have a lot more freedom from the past. You had, a, you had a god called alcoholism. And it brought through you shit here. And you were left with the consequences. The same thing that's happening now. The higher power is bringing shit through, and now the consequences are beautiful. It's the same fucking function. It's a different god. Why give credit and credit to this God without giving credit to that God? Yeah. All right, that was it. Oh, no, I have one more. One more. You mind? I got one more. I want to give you my idea of blackouts. I'm wondering why this hasn't been published in a scientific journal. So my idea of blackout is this, because I was under many of them. And, you know... And so, so when you wake up some from a blackout, you come to, you don't remember a swath of time, like 12 hours, whatever, a couple hours, a couple of days, some people, yeah? And so, but when I, my girlfriend didn't notice I was gone, those 13 hours, I was buying bus tickets, plane tickets, I was eating, I was drinking when people called Paul, I obviously wasn't standing like this, you know, I said, yeah, what's happening, yeah, it would seem like a seamless transition, and my feeling is, there are many selves, 
many. And if you drink to an intoxicating level, the brain may get this, may get like paused. And what happens is while the usual self has been dismantled, another one pops up. And it just seamlessly is called Paul, and it feels like a historical Paul. And the whole thing, it doesn't miss a beat. And no one's fucking, it fools everyone. The girlfriend, your mother, no one fucking knows any difference. You're buying plane tickets, you're making deals, shit like that. But then, when the brain regroups enough, the old, or let's say the stock version self, arises. And for it to have its story, which is, I'm you, and I'm the only you that's you, and there's only been me, it has to forget the other self. It has to forget the 13 hours the other self was representing you. Because if there's two of you, there's none of you. Yeah? yeah? So that's my thesis. <laughs> but it feels right to me. Because I swear, I mean, people, no one says, oh, Paul's gone for 13 No, <laughs> looking right at me. <laughs> and I was responding like I usually did. But, yeah, something was representing me. And then when the big representative shows up, it has to fucking tell a story. There's no other representative. <laughs> but there's a movie called Moon. There's a movie called Moon where this guy is, uh, he's working on another planet, another, mo another moon in the, in, outside of Earth. And they found uh, a natural resource that's energizing all the technology on Earth. So he's got a job for five years, and he, he runs all the harvesting machinery. And he's by himself, and he's a Boston Red Sox fan, which made me dislike him. <laughs> and he has a wife and two kids and their pictures, and he's got this whole story. He's only got five days left. So he's doing the best job he can do. And then when something happens where there's a message, and he goes out to one of the, one of the, like, the little stations, and he finds someone there, and it's him. It looks just like him. And he brings the thing back, and then the him, the new him, lays the message on the other guy, says, hey, listen, we're a fucking, we're a clone. And he says, let me take you downstairs, and there's thousands of him, the same model. And the whole, you don't have a, you don't have children, you're not, you fuck the Red Sox, nothing like that. You're not getting out in five days. Yeah. <laughs> so you would think, whoa, so now... The clone is receiving undeniable truth that it's a clone. But what claims to be the hero of it is the human programming. That's what's happening here. Yeah? Spirit is trying to communicate the spirit, and the human program tries to catch it. To the human, being a clone fucking sucks. <laughs> a clone? Hey, I'm a clone. You know, I'm great. Explains everything. <laughs> so, even if I don't think I want to do it, I'm going to be doing it. You know, programmed up the wazoo, and fuck it, I don't have any free will or choice. Hey, let's love the Red Sox. Yeah? <laughs> It'd be a great relief there. But it never gets to the clone. The mess, the spiritual message doesn't get to the spirit usually. It gets claimed by the mental state and fucking neutered. That's what it does. It fucking kills the baby right at birth. Yeah. So, all right, that's it. Thank you so much. Uh, oh, wait a minute. There's new shirts. We got some new Zen Bitch Slap shirts, and we have a new book out.
And when we have the old books in there. Thank you. And support you know, my lavish lifestyle. That was awesome.